In just a moment, recollections at 30, but first... Should old acquaintance be forgot? NBC Bandstand says, of course not. So this week, Guy Lombardo is back with the sweetest music this side of heaven. And singing star Dick Ames once more is on hand. And rounding out this greatest entertainment in the land, there's Burt Parks and Shep Fields with his rippling rhythm band. It's music to your ears live every weekday morning on NBC Bandstand. And now stay tuned for Recollections at 30 on NBC. Recollections at 30. NBC, celebrating its 30th year of broadcasting, invites you to memorable moments of radio's earlier days. In this special series of broadcasts, you'll reminisce among NBC's vast and historic library of sound. You'll hear the stars, the songs, the great moments in sports and special events that have highlighted these 30 years of NBC network broadcasting. And here, guiding our recollections at 30, is Ed Herlihy. Thank you, Fred Collins, and good evening, everyone. During the past few months that our program has been on the air, I've listened to hours and hours of old radio broadcasts from NBC's vast library of sound. And while selecting excerpts for these weekly shows, I've come upon certain performances and certain events that seemed appropriate for only one occasion, Armistice Day, or Veterans Day, as it is now called. So we'll gather all these together and turn our thoughts to the wars of the past and to the hopes for peace that arise after each conflict. To begin, here is Tallulah Bankhead, reading a now famous letter that Lincoln wrote to a mother at the close of the Civil War. Nothing points up the true humanitarian spirit that was Abraham Lincoln more than the now famous letter which he wrote to Mrs. Bixby of Boston. The letter is dated November the 21st, 1864, and it reads... Dear Madam, I have been shown in the files of the War Department the statement of the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any words of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering to you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very sincerely and respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. In World War I, the Doughboys went overseas singing the song that one of our theater's most important men wrote. That was the song of World War I. And here is George M. Cohan as he performed it 
on the Magic Key program in 1937. I've been asked to sing a verse and chorus of a little marching song of mine the boys adopted more or less during the war. I don't have to tell you I'm not much of a vocalist, but I'll do the best I can with it. So we'll just imagine for the moment we're back in 1917 and the orders from the front. Forward march, Doctor. Johnny, get your gun, get your gun, get your gun. Take it on the run, on the run, on the run. Hear them calling, you and me, every son of liberty. Hurry right away, don't delay, go today. Make your daddy glad to have had such a lad. And tell your sweetheart not to pine, to be proud her boy's in line. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. That the Yanks are coming, the Yanks are coming, the drums rum coming everywhere. So prepare, say a prayer, send the word, send the word to beware. We'll be over, we're coming over, and we won't come back till it's over, over there. Say a prayer, send the word, send the word to beware. We'll be over, we're coming over, and we won't come back till it's over, over there. The end of that war, November 11th, 1918, the first Armistice Day. Here is the original bugler who sounded the end of hostilities. And this is from an overseas broadcast heard on NBC in the 30s. Here tonight is the man whose bugle sounded the first ceasefire heard in the French line throughout four years of hell. Corporal Bugler Sellier of the 171st Infantry. First he will sound Cessez le Feu, the ceasefire. Then he will blow the other calls he gave from the running board of the German car that night of November 7th, 1918. Listen. Next, the memorable voice of Frank Munn. And this too continues our Veterans Day salute. Well, here's the way Milton Cross introduced the number on the American album of familiar music in the mid-thirties. At the close of the war, with the signing of the armistice, the world was heartsick and weary. Out of its chaos came the gladdening music of Victor Herbert's charming operetta, Eileen. And we hear now the title song, Eileen, sung by Frank Munn, the Irish reel, and then Frank Munn, Elizabeth Lennox, Gene Dickinson, and the Buckingham Choir in Thine Alone. 
have captured Tis you that I love You I adore My soul with your charm is enraptured Oh lovely sweetheart Many of you fondly remember Madame Schumann-Heink, the opera singer whose sons fought on opposite sides in World War I. Well, here at the age of 74, she expressed a hope that radio would maintain peace among the nations of the world. Don't bother, I'm not singing. I'm talking. I am so very happy to be with you this afternoon. I love, I really do, I love the radio. Radio and moving pictures are the most valuable contributions to human beings. It lets people way out in the woods know everything that goes on in the world. You know, 
one time ago, I thought I was popular. But not all the people could come to the opera before. Now, everybody can hear operas, big symphony orchestras. Well, all, all the most wonderful through the radio. Well, it gave me, too, a chance to talk to mothers, to the people, to everyone. It leads to my new moving picture contract. Imagine, I breaking in the movies of 74. <clears throat> well, never mind. I think radio is most, most marvelous in the education of children. You know, I had some boys myself. Armies this day coming next week. Reminds me of this. My boy. And on both sides. But now with radio and everybody able to talk to each other and know what the author fellow is thinking, maybe there won't be any more war. Madam Schumann Heink, speaking in November of 1935. But her hopes were not to be fulfilled. For only six years later, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was standing before a special session of Congress, saying, I ask that the Congress declare that since the unprovoked and dastardly attack by Japan on Sunday, December 7, 1941, a state of war has existed between the United States and the Japanese Empire. The cheers and excitement of a nation about to enter its most destructive war. But that's how it happened, and how it is preserved in NBC's Library of Sound. And what of the war itself? What did it sound like? Well, here is the actual approach and landing on Iwo Jima on D-Day. This recording, made by Richard Mawson, was broadcast over NBC back in 1945. Here you are in the heart of one of the bitterest battles of the Pacific War. You can doubtless hear this gunfire going on all around us now. We are now inside the screen of warships. There's no more warships between us and the beach. These, we look out to the stern of us now, and there are hundreds of craft flying out there. But between us and the beach, nothing except a few amphibious craft that are on the beach disgorge their tanks. They're still beached in there. As the water's being churned up quite a bit in between us and the beach, now with the bursting of these shells. It looks like a tank burning in there on the shore. Looking through our glasses now, we're just a couple of hundred yards off the beach. We can see these Amtraks pull up along the beach and dozens of Marines around each one of them. We can see those terraces now and stretched along on the seaside of those terraces for the cover they offer. There's a line of, uh, a line of 
Marines taking protection from those covers. There must be a group of Marines that have just recently landed. We can see lots of wrecked material over there on the beach. And you can no doubt hear the bursting of these ships. Bursting all around us. Tojo isn't going to get much use out of this honor from here on in. Get a better look at that little fire we saw on the beach. It is indeed a jeep that has been hit and burning. See, we're going to hit the beach in just a couple of seconds. So we're going to be quiet and brace ourselves for the shot. And now we've hit the beach just simultaneously with that with that uh, uh, shell burst that you has heard. We hit the beach. The Marines landing on Iwo Jima. The man who so calmly described the scene, Richard Mawson, is now manager of station KMVI in Hawaii. And now here is the first radio appearance of the Lunts in a short scene from one of their wartime plays, There Shall Be No Night. Mr. Lunt introduces his wife, Lynn Fontaine. The suffering and horror visited upon the world in the past months must have made millions of people question whether there is any hope for civilization for mankind itself. In the last few weeks, Lynn Fontaine and I have had an experience which has answered that question for us. We have been acting in a play by Robert Sherwood called There Shall Be No Night. And that play expresses with more depth and insight than anything we have ever read the hope that someday men will learn to live in peace with goodwill toward all the world. What Mr. Sherwood says in his play has given us new heart. It's made us feel that a struggle toward a new and better world is worth making. And when you've heard the scene Lynn Fontaine is going to do from the play, I hope you too will feel that the struggle is worthwhile. In There Shall Be No Night, we act the Finnish doctor and his American wife. Their son is killed in the war. The doctor too is at the front. And just before he dies, he writes a letter to his wife which she later reads in the desolate living room of her home. In this time of our grief, it's not easy to summon up the philosophy which has been formed from the long suffering of others. But I must do it, and you must help me. I have often read the words which Pericles spoke over the bodies of the dead in the dark hour when the light of Athenian democracy was being extinguished. He told the mourning people that he could not give them any of the old words which tell how fair and noble it is to die in battle. But he urged them to find revival in the memory of the commonwealth which they together had achieved. And he promised them that the story of their commonwealth would never die, but would live on far away, woven into the fabric of other men's lives. I believe that these words can be said now of our own dead, and our own commonwealth. I have always believed in the mystic truth of the resurrection. The great leaders of the mind and the spirit, Socrates, Christ, Lincoln, were all done to death that the full measure of their contribution to human experience might never be lost. Now the death of our son is only a fragment in the death of our country. But Eric... And the others who give their lives are also giving to mankind a symbol, a little symbol to be sure, but a clear one of man's unconquerable aspiration to dignity and freedom and purity in the sight of God. 
There are men here from all different countries. Fine men. They are waiting for me now. So I must close this, darling, with all my love. The hope, the faith, expressed in Mr. Sherwood's play depend now, as always, upon the goodwill of men and women everywhere. And finally, the song Kate Smith introduced for the first time on the air on Armistice Day, 1938. week, we'll have more recollections at 30, and I'll be answering more of your requests. So many of you expressed pleasure upon hearing the 12-year-old Judy Garland several weeks ago that I'm going to bring you another of this great performer's early radio appearances, and we'll reminisce among other highlights of radio preserved in NBC's great library of sound. This is Ed Hurley, hoping you'll join me next week. Good night, everyone. Ed Hurley has been your host on Recollections at 30. Next week at this time, there'll be another in this special series, commemorating NBC's 30th year of broadcasting. This is Fred Collins, hoping you'll be able to join us then. 
for more of the great stars and great moments of the past. Recollections at 30 is directed by Bob Mauer. Hear Bert Parks and Dick Hames live weekday mornings on NBC Bandstand. We hope you are enjoying the old-time radio programs on the RadioThen.network podcast. You will find many biographies and audio clips from the past on our blog. www.radiothen.network Check it out and bookmark the blog which also indexes our podcasts. www.radiothen.network